Hey, before we get started today, just wanted to apologize. You may have noticed the last couple episodes, our audio quality has been a little better, and that's because we've been able to record separately, each on our own end, and then mesh it together. Um, But this week, we had a little bit of a snafu, and we had to use one recording, at which some of us are coming through the Zoom call connection, and so you might hear some pops and some background stuff that we were unable to get rid of this week. Um, But without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing, even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, we officially have a card-carrying dissident in our midst as the worship service from Ohio City Community Church of God from January 30th, 2022 was removed from YouTube. Dad, how does it feel to be censored? I've never been so proud. (laughs) One of the highlights of my ministry. I really do think it's probably because you talked about well, they vaccines. told me what it was for. They said it was for COVID-19. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask COVID-19. if it was specific. Yeah. They said it was for COVID-19. So, so I bet and if so you I, took I, out... I responded, though, and I said, and it's true, I didn't say anything concerning COVID-19 that hasn't been stated by doctors or scientists on reputable news outlets. And they came right. back and said, you're, you're still violated the guidelines. Right. I'm not telling you to do this because we shouldn't go along with their guidelines, but if you took that out and put it back, everything that you said about the digital passport and all that stuff would probably still pass muster. I mean, if you went and bleeped out the uh, the words vaccine and anything related to COVID and just bleeped out those individual words, the AI so would that, not. Yeah, it was I wonder the, what the, the words AI are. Picked up they, the word I'm pretty sure they transcript it, whatever their closed captioning yeah, the closed captioning is, software then, is and then look for tied keywords. to the AI. Yeah. yeah, it's tied to the AI that looks for keywords. And it triggered on vaccine and either automatically removed it or somebody reviewed it and decided. It was probably an automatic removal. And it, you didn't talk to a real person until you messaged and said, hey, until you messaged them back and said, hey, I did not say, you know, anything inaccurate. Well, and that's why that's I, probably when you talk to a real person. That's why I think that it is a real person that has reviewed it, you know, after I contacted them and said it still violates the guidelines. Well, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going in and bleeping out any words or taking right, any segments out. And besides that, here's an interesting thing. The number of views it got from being uh, reposting it on Rumble is a lot higher than what it would have right. had on simply on YouTube. Yeah, that's why Dan Bongino has been daring YouTube. says, I dare you. Please. Well, he's been permanently banned. Yeah, please ban me from YouTube. I want you to ban me from YouTube. And he be- he begged long enough, and they banned him from YouTube. But he has more subscribers on Rumble than he, than he ever, ever had, had on YouTube. Which is why it's silly if, like, say all this came to a head and Spotify really did get rid of Joe Rogan. He would go somewhere else and everybody would just follow him. It depends on if they're willing to enforce their contract. I don't know how long it was for, but they may have exclusive rights to if his show. If they get rid of him, they, tell they him, break the contract. Well, they? I don't know if it's necessarily what- get rid of. If they say that they don't, that they won't host him anymore, is he supposed to? 
It depends on how depends well, on how the Joe Rogan's written. lawyers, which I'm sure yeah. Joe Rogan's lawyers covered his back as best they could. So maybe he has something in there about, you know, if you don't let me post at all. Well, I was reading I this leave. morning uh, about a meeting that um, Spotify had uh, and they were saying that, you know, we don't control his content. They basically are saying the same things like Twitter and you and uh YouTube and like Facebook says that we are not a curator. We're not a publisher. We're simply a platform. Um, therefore, we don't have any control over his content. Um, and we'd have no say over his approval of who he has on his. Uh, oh, you mean they're actually behaving the way that Twitter uh, has always claimed to behave <laughs> and the way that Facebook has always claimed to behave? That's what they're saying. That's They're basically using the exact same argument. We're not a publisher. We're simply a platform. In which case, they're actually protected by that, um, whatever that, what's that title? Section, Section 430. Yeah. 430. Is that what is that, that is? right? Yeah. Because it was the whole thing about how if you are, if you're a publisher, then you can be liable for the thing. Yeah, you're right. responsible for the things said on your, wherever you decide to publish your website. Um, a physical publication, you're responsible for that. But if you're just a platform um, and it's just open free speech, then you're not liable. So technically, Twitter and Facebook should be liable for the things said on their sites and Spotify should not. Well, here's the thing. Even Twitter and Facebook would be okay with saying we're just a platform until they start curating the content. And they, do, they do curate, and that makes them a publisher. As right. long as one of those platforms does not curate their content, you know, at, um, take things off, block things, censor things, fact check things, just let it go up and let it stand. As long as you do that, then you can say, yes, we are a platform and, there's, and we're not a publisher. But as soon as you start doing any of those things, you're acting as a publisher and you should be held accountable respond, uh, um, yeah, accordingly. You mean like banning a worship service video for yeah. talking about the vaccine? Exactly. Yeah, YouTube, according to the way that think that that they should actually be classified, is YouTube is a YouTube is a publisher, Rumble is a platform, Twitter is a publisher, Spotify is a platform. If they were actually abiding by the rules. And here's where I think it gets really problematic: is that you after this. Um, day before yesterday, I think it was, Jen Psaki at, at the yes, White House gets up and says, this. you know, you need to do more. It's good that you're going to put up warnings, but you need to do more. When the government starts calling on one of these companies to do more to censor, that is a First Amendment violation. You know, Spotify as a private company, is, and as she called it, Spotify. What a normal. Did she really? Yes. What a deal. So I'm right. actually, I'm Anyways, actually reading uh, right now on Twitter that Tom Fitton on Twitter posts that Spotify is a foreign company and the Biden White House officially wants it to censor Joe Rogan and countless other Americans in an election year. Do you think Joe Biden should be investigated for this? So basically he's act, <laughs> he's asking a foreign entity yeah. to censor political American. opposition openly. Where is, where is Spotify based? I don't know. I, so I guess I technically don't know if that's true or not. I just know that I, I'm reading it I, here, and her, it's, he's a reputable guy. I was hearing that um, Spotify is actually one of its corporate overlords is uh, BlackRock. That's that's what I something I heard. I can't say I know that factually. They should be on board it's with just, the censoring, right? And they're definitely foreign. Sweden. 
they're definitely foreign based then if if it's blackrock um sweden uh, it, it appears anyway just for just for uh reputation of who i just quoted he's uh tom fitton's the president of judicial watch well one thing i i was i don't i would think that joe rogan if he wanted to just go set up his own server and start putting his own be, oh yeah he's own, loaded he, yeah, yeah he could do I mean, it i don't know why he wouldn't do that actually the only, well, the, only thing that can happen, right the only thing that can happen is yes number one he doesn't want to be the one who breaches the contract so that would be something he would do only if spotify decided not to have him um on their well published through them at that point <laughs> because they'd be a publisher um but if they are the ones that broke the contract and he did that his only roadblock potentially at that point would be an isp because an internet service yeah, provider, you're hosting oh yeah, be, he, if he could if he built the server he could host right. himself host himself why he could host he? himself the only thing is if he really does have on average 11 million listeners the access to that server would be very active and it would have to be really big yes he has a lot of money and i'm sure he could do it himself it would take that, would be, a lot that would be a massive server yeah. in a cooled barn basically um, and then uh but it yeah, would all but- it would come down to if an isp would stand in his way so an internet service provider like your internet service provider is maybe like spectrum um if all of them decided not to carry him he can't set up his own internet infrastructure yeah but he could because here's There's, why do you if internet service providers started centering our internet that would, like be that, that would be insane that, that would, would absolutely be, be it you you literally could not fight against that yeah but i can't can imagine run all that the lines themselves that is like not just a next step. That is like a huge next step, yeah, like a leap. Of here's people the thing: would be... you, I think you, I think that he could because, it, and it doesn't have to be his money. He would get, he would have investors. Yeah, but we're talking about how we're talking but, about he would actually have to connect himself to the internet. I know that, but look, um, Rumble and Parlor and those folks are doing it now. So there are ways to get on the internet. They are not using Amazon Web Services and stuff. They're setting no, they're yeah, you're right. But own... Amazon Web Services is a hosting service, so right. they're just they're just a server farm somewhere, like a huge server farm. But somebody like is letting them on. Somebody is partnering with them as an ISP. So somebody out there is willing yeah. to do it. The real thing to do would be to if he set his service up, if he set his servers up through like a shell company and had that company pay the isp to provide internet to the whatever site he had his servers in then you could do it and the isp wouldn't even know that they were hosting joe rogan unless they did their homework yeah if they dug into it and said hey how's joe rogan still but, on the internet but if you've got if you've got an isp that's willing <laughs> to us. to um you know give access to rumble and parlor and things like that then there shouldn't be any problem with joe rogan getting access right no i would i wouldn't think so it, it's just about if the company is willing to send internet service to wherever you have your setup. And, but Cassidy's right. If we did get to that point where those, where they were looking for, hey, we're not even going to provide you access to the internet. It doesn't matter how big of a server farm you have if it's not on the net. That would be like revolt territory. Yeah. That, that that's would be the like same, that's the, the same story, level right? the as putting people in jail. Up. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, it's, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be like once inflation hit coffee. Where that do would you... be censoring to the point of basically putting people in prison for saying things. 
it'd be on the same level as that as just arresting people for saying things that you don't like is completely denying them access to the internet. Well, and again, if you're a publisher or if you're, if you're a platform, you can't legally do that. Correct. Because as soon as but you if, deny, but some, if you're a utility, I don't, I don't think you can either. Know. You can't deny. I wouldn't some, think so. You can't deny somebody heat and electricity. That's true. Right. That's true. They want the, internet the to be telephone. a utility. Yeah. That's true. If we let them go ahead and, and, uh, qualify internet as a utility like they've always wanted to that would be akin to just because you don't agree with someone cutting off their water and their power six seven years ago the left was jumping up and down claiming that internet access was a human right human right yeah <laughs> so either it is or it isn't i mean yeah well just... you know um neil young was part of a uh, was part of a tour called the freedom of speech tour his actual speech was called the Freedom of Speech Tour. Oh, my. As long as you say and, what they want you to. Yes. Yeah. Freedom of limited speech. I watched um, most of the first part of Robert Malone last night, Dr. Robert Malone. Candace Owens? Yeah. And uh, it's just mind-boggling what they say, that they can call that man somebody that's putting out misinformation, he is probably more qualified than any person on the planet to discuss this topic. And if he's not, well, and, he's and certainly they're saying the, the same thing about the McCullough. They're saying the, the same thing about McCullough, and he is the most published um, doctor in his field in ever. I know. So my Even question John goes back to, and why do we pay attention to these people? Yeah, and yeah then you John Hopkins get... agrees with him now. Right. Well, and John Hopkins now agrees with me, what I was saying almost two years ago. That, to be more specific, they came out with a study saying, finding that lockdowns had no impact on COVID-19 deaths. And uh, in addition to that, had a devastating effect on society with drugs and suicides and all that economy and all that. And this is one of those things where, you know, I know it sounds... I don't know, silly maybe for me to sit here and say this, but literally probably as early as three weeks into this back in the end of March, beginning of April of 2020, I was saying that a couple years down the road, if we did nothing, we'd end up right where we are now. And this is right where we've ended up, that there were a lot lockdowns didn't stop it. Um, masking didn't stop it. Vaccines, you know, or whatever, are, are not necessarily aren't stopping it. They um, viruses are going to virus, and they're going to do what viruses do. And you can't kill the economy this way. Um, it just, it, you know, it, you can't do this and expect the country to continue on in an economically healthy manner. And sure enough, here we are. The virus has done, has run its course. It's done what viruses do, regardless of what mitigation measures we've taken, and the economy and is has been destroyed because of it. This is exactly what anybody with a little bit of common sense and life experience knew would happen. It's hard to imagine all this damage was done just in 15 days. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've lost jobs in January. Yeah. <laughs> so not only is it the normal they keep missing the mark, adding less jobs than they are anticipating. But this time we actually lost, lost jobs. jobs. Do you know how badly you have to do in order to lose jobs in this environment? 
when literally all Biden had to do when he got into office was do nothing, just do nothing. And you would have just let let our our economy go back to functioning as it normally would had just done nothing. And you would have seen it just go through the roof again. It would have just shot up. I mean, because because it had been artificially suppressed. So if you just left it alone, it would have come back. And he's actually making it worse. It's almost impressive. Speaking of um, speaking of losing things, Facebook, did you hear that Facebook has now lost the total number of um, members, I guess, users? The total number of users has gone down for the first time in 18 years. First time ever. And the company's Maybe it's um, time to delete Facebook. The company. Oh, I deleted Facebook a long time ago. The company's um, I know. Uh, stock dropped like 20 percent because it's the first time ever that their user number has gone down. Okay, but are those people, like, where are they going? Are they also off of Instagram? Because they're owned by the same company. So if you're going to get off one. Yeah, I mean, still, it's cutting it in half. Yeah. Because all that is, is whenever you use a free service like that, I don't know if people know this. You should really know this by now. Whenever you use a free service by now, or whenever you use a free service like Facebook or like Twitter or like Instagram or like your free internet or your free um, yeah, you email are, services that you sign up for, you are the product. There is a product. You are the product, yeah. The platform is not, or the publishing site is not the platform or is not the, uh, the, the product. You're the product. They are using, they're taking your data and they are selling your data, Gmail, Yahoo. If you're signing up for a free email, they are selling you. Yep. And that's what Facebook has done. So even if you're just getting rid of Facebook and still using Instagram, at least you've cut the data they can sell in half. Well, that's a big deal. They probably still glean a lot of the same basic information because you sign up for Instagram, so they know who yeah, you are. Yeah, when I go to the Discover the on Instagram, it is so tailored. It is. Yeah, they 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 yeah. they still know all the particulars about you, because they know that you're you, whether they're getting yeah. it from Instagram or or Facebook or Twitter or however they're getting it. You know, it's like they can see when you every item that you buy with your credit card, they they know what it is. So they know, like, if you and buy we, we orange say all juice this every as... 10 days, you know, they know that it's time for you to buy orange juice again because you have a history of buying orange juice basically about every 10 days. So you're going to get an ad. And we say this as juice. we sit here and record a podcast to post on a on a platform for which we are the product. Yep. So we play the game, but. <laughs> and we're do? using Zoom, <laughs> which yeah. is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> hey, I will say one thing about as far as like selling data or like selling your email. I have um, not a sponsor, but could be. No, I'm just kidding. Start. Um, I I use Startmail, and because I use I have Startmail. Um, you can create infinite aliases, so you can create just like an email real quick that's a bunch of like random letters and numbers and stuff to sign up for something real quick. And if you don't want to get a bunch of spam, then basically you can go into your list of alias emails and just turn it off or just delete it completely so you get you got to sign up for the thing they emailed you the confirmation you accept it and then you just turn that email address off well 
I created, I have a ton. And every time I sign up for something, I basically create a new alias email. And then I can track and see who I signed up for that is selling my email. You know who hasn't sold my email? Oh. Zoom. I have an email called Cade. Because you haven't gotten Zoom. any. I just so you- call it something so I can keep track of which emails for which right. service I signed up for. I'll just name it that thing. And I can see which email it was sent to and see who sold my email. Zoom, the Chinese Communist Party, did not sell my email. I still have that one activated and I have never been spammed by it. Now, who did sell my email? Um, Mike, uh, Mike Lindell, the, the My Pillow guy, when I signed up for oh, his. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, when I signed up for his um, frankspeech.com to get access to that website, I did get a bunch of spam. Well, how do you sent think to he's that one. That so I turned that one off. So the conservative my pillow guy privacy um that guy sold my email and the ccp did not interesting it's interesting i still trust my i trust chairman g well that's fair staying on the um uh the subject of censoring people and saying inflammatory things on um social media, we can talk Whoopi. about how a lot of inflammatory things are. Um, I actually was going somewhere else. Oh, I actually am going to talk about how the police have been so attacked in, you know, socially with defund the police and all this stuff and all the negative things towards police officers has led to a massive surge yes. in targeted attacks on law enforcement. And I know you can say things about defunding the police, and that's not necessarily a call to action. You know, you can't, you still can't kick those people off of the internet um, just because some crazy person listens to what they say and decides to shoot a cop. But there absolutely is a correlation between inflammatory statements against law enforcement and targeted attacks on law enforcement. And we still allow those on social media platforms. Did you see that I just saw this morning on the news, Biden speaking in New York about the rising crime and the uh, response to the police killings. And he was quoted as saying that defunding the police is not the solution. That was like the quote on the bottom of the news, Chiron. Um, yeah, defunding the, poli- uh, the police is not the solution. What is the solution for him, though, is another story Gun- that I just but saw. But then they also um, said that People are folk critics are focused. They said critics are focusing on the crime and not the gun, the criminals and not the guns. He so they, that? they think the answer is gun control. Yeah, because I actually saw um, uh, the post millennial has a story about how Biden is at this um, uh, this meeting in New York uh, with New York City, their new mayor, uh, Eric Adams, the governor, Kathy Hochul mm-hmm. um, and Merrick Garland. Um, they're all in New York City at a gun violence strategies partnership meeting, and he's stressing the need for gun control. Um, and he's citing specifically um, the targeted attack on the NYPD officers that was only like maybe a week ago. You're right in that their rhetoric against uh, policing, uh, you know, defund, re- reimagining, all those kind of things, um, not prosecuting certain crimes, those things are all the direct cause of the increase 
um, of violence against police. I'll go back starting, the first time I saw a direct correlation was, and I know there are people on my side of the aisle that disagree with me because it wasn't called for directly, but I still think it was. And that was in 2016, Obama came out very hard against um, police, uh, you know, shootings that had, had occurred and criticized the police and talked about the police going out and gunning down. He said they you know, acted stupidly. Black he men. said that at the press conference. It led, I believe it led directly to the shooting of the six police officers in Dallas by a BLM member. It was very close. It was they around were, the same time. Exactly. And there was some yep. police shooting and Obama opened his big mouth and said that the police acted stupidly in this case. And then that's, there was, you know, riots started based on that. And then the marches, it was at a, it wasn't during a BLM um, march that uh, in Dallas when the shooting occurred. I don't remember. I just remember that the, the guy I'm pretty sure it specifically was. targeted, it was like an ambush deal where he specifically targeted police. He ended up killing six of them, but they were the police officers who were escorting a black lives matter March. Here's the thing that, it used to be that you did not get violence against police, directly against police officers, prosecuting attorneys, judges, those kinds of things, because you knew that if you did, the weight of the legal world would absolutely descend on you and crush you. There would be a huge, huge price to pay. All resources would be directed specifically at you of getting you and either killing you or putting you away forever. That has been removed. We don't have that approach any longer to if you kill a police officer or if you commit crimes, that there's there's not the repercussions that there once was. And so now it's not in you know, it's not as big of a deal. It's not you're not fearful of the whole legal system and the whole weight of the government coming against you to get you if you attack a police officer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's if they if that's if they catch them in the first place, because I uh, saw somewhere where the clearance rate for felonies now is 15 um, percent for felonies in general. 15 percent of the cases are actually getting um, I don't know what they count as cleared. I don't know if they mean prosecuted. I, w- I would think that they would have to mean convicted. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I wish I had still 15%. I wish I had this ridiculous. I think it was LA. I wish I had it in front of me. I just was hearing a story where how many murders have been um, committed in the last year in a particular jurisdiction. And only it was crazy. It was like one or two of them had been, you know, had, had somebody been caught and prosecuted the vast, vast majority of these murders, nobody has been caught. Nobody's been prosecuted. And in some cases they're, they're not, you know, they're not even attempting to. You you have prosecutors no longer that will prosecute crimes. And so why if, if I'm not going to be prosecuted, why what fear do I have of committing it? Yeah. So at the same time that Biden, like the answer that everyone wants to be soft on prosecution, right, and sentencing, he's said the solution is to uh the answer is to come together, the police and the communities, building trust and making us all safer. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors, and community needs you. 
Uh, you going to arm people? And he Is said, he give people police guns? need, police need like. to treat everyone with respect and dignity. How about people who treat them with respect and dignity? Yeah, sir? what's the saying that an armed society is a polite society? Treat everyone like they're carrying a gun. But then he said, so then his answer is, he said, well, the Department of Justice will take steps today to prioritize federal prosecutions of those who, quote, criminally sell or transfer firearms that are used in violent crimes, end quote, and launch a national ghost gun enforcement initiative to help bring cases against those who use so-called ghost guns to commit crime. He said, quote, if you commit a crime with a ghost gun, not only are state and local prosecutors going to come after you, but expect federal charges and federal prosecutions as well. Well, I'm going to make a prediction like I did back at the beginning of COVID. What he just said, if they do it, it won't make any difference. Yes. He no, also the- said that he also called called the stolen Glock that was used in the recent NYPD officer shooting. He called the stolen Glock the suspect used, he said, quote, really a weapon of war. A handgun? Yeah. No. Yeah. People, people have handguns in war, but they almost it's never not. use them. You almost never use them. They're backups. They're when all it would else be fails to go to a war with with a Glock. Th- those those so-called you know laws he wants to put into place for, for federal prosecution won't make any difference. They won't. They they will not make any difference. I don't know if people know this. A lot of people might not know this. It is legal to build your own gun in the United States. And you don't have to register it. You have to register that. Well, you don't have to register them at all. You're really not supposed to, um, even though I saw a story that came out that said um, that the federal government has actually cataloged almost a billion firearm sales. Uh, they say that it is not a registry, but it absolutely is. So when FFLs go out of business, um, they'll go in and they'll get all their computer, their digital files and their paper paper files And they have all the data on almost a billion gun sales, even though there are laws specifically against starting a registry. But anyway, you don't have you have to do a background check, but you don't have to do a background check, obviously, if you build your own gun. So you can just fully build your own gun if you want. Or there are companies out there that will somewhat produce a gun up to the limit that is not qualified as a gun already. So um, they're called 80 percent lowers. If you have a gun that's 80% built, um, you can buy that gun. It's Well, you can buy that part because it isn't a gun, and you can finish it yourself. And that's what they're calling ghost guns. There is no federal crime for killing someone with a ghost gun. So the people who are shooting someone with a ghost gun, they will be found guilty of murder. And if it's someone who wasn't supposed to have a gun just because they built it doesn't mean that they can have it. So they'll still also be charged with illegally possessing the firearm, but there is no federal charge for that. So I don't see how they're going to tack on federal charges because that doesn't exist. They'd have to, how can you charge someone with a crime that doesn't exist? So that's just a stupid statement that would have to be written into law. Well, even if they write the law, it's not going to change anything. There, there will still be guns. Oh, no. The guns will still no, be yeah, out right, there. Right. They'll still be available. They'll still be bought on the street um, without any kind of, you know, restrictions. Um, and criminals will use them to accomplish their yeah, end I goal. Saw, 
I saw this an episode of a crime show where these two guys, like a father and a son, were making 1911s from scratch in a mud hut <laughs> with like a with like a, an a, a, they were doing all the metal work and they finished it and everything and they take those guns and then they ship them up into the United States and they get sold out of the back of a car somewhere. You're ne- you're never gonna stop it. I mean. It, it literally was a mud hut and a mud built like um, I don't know what you'd call it, not like a kiln. Yeah, kinda to do their metal work in, or like a um, a forge. Right. They forge, built a yeah. forge out of mud, and they would were making guns. You can't stop that. And people would say, the solution is, like the Australia no gun. Look at their gun crime. No no guns. But also look at that they are prisoners to a tyrannical government now also that's really not back. true um the australian people just have no backup they have no backbone apparently because numbers actually show that there are more total guns in australia now than there were prior to that uh mandated gun buyback well when you have you know a lot of this goes to back to they, nobody's getting prosecuted people aren't getting prosecuted with the same vigor that they once did that if you worried if you killed a law enforcement officer or a judge or anybody like that, you know, you're going to get the way the world was going to descend on you. And that's no longer the case. Um, but they're doing just the opposite. When in, in the 70s and into the early 80s, New York City was a disaster. It was just an absolute pit. And Rudy Giuliani came in and he put into not place broken windows something policing. called broken windows policing, meaning we're going to we're going to pursue and prosecute the most minimal of crimes even like a broken window, because those people are the ones, if you don't prosecute them, they're going to end up committing larger crimes. And it absolutely changed the city for the good. Now we are ignoring that very principle and we're not prosecuting those types of crimes. We're not going to wait to prosecute you until you do something really horrific. It's the exact opposite of what turned New York City around in the 80s. Yeah, I agree with the convicting every little crime thing, but he was also the stop and frisk guy. And as much as you would say, yes, that prevented a lot of crime, it's also super illegal. Is this because, is the the downplay in prosecution because the people pushing this are of the impression that people who commit crimes do it because they have been there, the victimized. poor, the marginalized, the vic- they've been victimized or been put down. And so out of desperation, they commit crimes. So rather than prosecute them, we should be helping them. Is that the mindset? I've actually, I just read, I've I just actually read always heard great- that that is broken window theory. Like for the couple very, for the very short amount of time I went to school for criminology, broken window theory is the theory that those are the type of people that commit crimes because of the the state that they live in. I always heard that as broken window theory. Because I just read The Great Train Robbery recently by Michael Crichton, and he wrote it. It's like a fictionalized version of the train robbery of uh, gold shipments in London from for the Crimean War. Anyway, they he talked about this as being the mindset of like at the time, crime was right in the Victorian area. Crime was rising through the roof. And he talked about that po- basically the police was a new institution. And he t- talked about how they were building up the police and all this and uh, and how what they were doing to 
to combat crime and all of these things. And one of the, and he talked about that being the mindset that people thought back then, originally people thought, and people have thought for a long time that that was why people, the criminals were people who were, you know, poor, desperate, um, the downtrodden. But then he uses this idea that the guy that committed this great train robbery was not at all. He was wealthy and intelligent and, and talks about like the types of people that do white collar crime who really get away with way more. And, um, but what is the mindset? And so it's not just about desperation. That's a really complex topic. Obviously, different people commit crimes for different reasons. But when you're talking about the everyday, everyday street crime, violence, robbery, assault, drug dealing, I know this is going to be unpopular with a lot of people, but it does go back to the fact that we have, we're, we're, we're living in and we've been promoting now since the Great Society, a culture where people are not encouraged to stay together as families, for fathers to raise their children, to live with their mothers. So they're, they're aimless. They don't have a purpose. They don't have anything that, um, you know, holds them and, and gives them a sense of responsibility and duty. So you're out on your own, you, you, you know, the government's taking care of your family, um, you don't have to work and you get a paycheck and you're, you're rudderless, you're aimless. I mean, it's just, it just builds on itself. I mean. And now, and now we've added into that no consequences. Right. What even does soft on crime mean? In the, in, so in some I've of the studies that, that, in some of the studies that Crichton cited in the start of the book, he said uh, that there was a quote that from one of the studies, and he said a lot of experts agree that most offenses are committed through greed, not need. And yeah, you can't tell me that some of these like mur- some of these you know murders or shooting cops, going after police, is not a crime of need. That's no, but totally the, a lot of those people that do he it. Also, this is an interesting one. As early as 1877, an American prison investigator concluded that we must dispossess ourselves of the idea that crime does not pay. In reality, it does because most crimes are not put or reported or even if you do get caught, they end up with, you know, whatever they got. I don't know. And said uh, it is primarily the moralist who still believes that crime does not pay. So remember that's getting pre, away with that's a lot. pre-forensics. Well, yeah. And this other one, this other statement was said in, in 1949 that, that agreeing still that crime does pay. Well, again, a lot of this neighborhood crime, think about being a, a young adult male. You have no purpose. You have no foundation. Um, you're, you can get in a lot of trouble just out of boredom, standing around on a street corner with your buddies. It, it, trust me, it can... I. I it, Idle hands. Yes. When you don't have a purpose, you can get in a lot of trouble just it's not even intentional. It's just, it just kind of unfolds. And then you get along with that, those, uh, in that situation, they're, they're not happy with their situation. They're angry at the system. They're not getting ahead. They feel rejected. They feel discriminated against. You're angry about it. And it just, one thing leads to another. So, and when you feel like there's not consequences and that you're justified and you've got people, then the violence it's not a big stretch to end up lashing out against law enforcement or whoever. Right. Well, some hands that have not been so idle and gotten themselves into trouble is CNN 
imploding. Oh, okay. Not idle hands. Handsy. Handsy, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those hands were not idle. No, <laughs> Jeff they're, Zucker, they're working. The CEO of CNN resigned uh, after, so amidst the investigations of everything with Cuomo, who they, they had to uh, suspend or dismiss, whatever. And that producer it came out, of Cuomo's show. They yeah, were investigating it came to based light, off that too. It, during the investigation, it came to light that Jeff Zucker was, which I guess it was a well-known secret, so not really secret, that he was in a, quote, consensual relationship with a colleague, but really like a really high up, who had rose to the ranks um, person. And no, then, no, no. And it was an affair, and it was supposed to be disclosed, and he said it wasn't disclosed, and he said I was wrong, and he resigned. Not a high up, But there is so much the, worse. When, when the relationship started, yes. not a high up. Right. And um, there are actually, um, I listened to Daily, um, or Morning Wire, uh, Daily Wire's podcast this morning. It's just a quick little podcast with a bunch of, I think I've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, but they talked about this story and apparently she moved her family into the apartment complex that Jeff Zucker lived in downstairs with his wife while yes. they were having they this affair. They lived in the same, well, so I guess they live like, separately. She was, they did, they lived separately. Him and his, But yeah. he lived downstairs with his right. wife and she moved in to an apartment upstairs with her family because she was able to afford that place because she was given a promotion yes. and a raise. It's and Allison also, Golist was the name, yeah. is the name. Also, Katie Couric said that she was pressured to let her, to let this other, whatever on her name is. the show, <laughs> yeah, on the air. To, to work in a high up position on her show. And they they said they all knew why. But what's worse is that Allison used to work for Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, and yes. is part of and was part of the people pressuring them not to co- go after him during this all the scandal, and uh, and that's why it's coming. This that's why it's now coming to a head because of the Cuomo investigations. He resigned. He resigned because there's way more that we don't know. Yeah, I I, I mean you're you're not gonna. Obviously, that's my opinion, but you're not going to convince me otherwise. There's way more. It is it is so incestual, the media and politics and who knows who. And it, it so there was just a lot of other connections, I think, that were going to be found out. And so he's like, I'm just going to resign. Speaking of someone else that needs to resign. We'll be that's the long list, though. True, but Whoopi Goldberg. For reasons, not just this statement, like not just because she said something insensitive, like she's just a... We'll talk about what she said. Do you have a so, quote somewhere? Do you have I down? don't have a quote, but essentially she said that on The View that the Holocaust wasn't about race. It was just about man being, like mankind being vicious to... Man's and humanity to man. Yes, man's yeah. and humanity It was to just man. two white groups... So we should just let them fight it out. And then, well, that's not what she said. No, I'm pretty well, sure it well, is. When she came back to try to clear it up, it kind of got worse. When she was given an opportunity to apologize, she like, kind of apologized, but then basically said, if I were, what I'm saying is if I were walking down the street and my Jewish friend was with me, she said, you know, it was about ethnicity. She's like, I obviously am black. They're white. Yeah, it was not good. 
No, that is kind of what she said, to let them fight amongst themselves because they're two white groups and they should fight amongst themselves. And it was not about white supremacy, even though the Nazis called themselves the master race. And in Mein Kampf, Hitler specifically says something about how, um, well, they're seen as a religious group, but in reality, they're a race of people. And they're an inferior race. Yes. So they are definitely a race. But my, I also think that Whoopi Goldberg should not be suspended and fired for what she said. I mean, we, we don't want to. But at the same time, live by cancel culture, die by cancel yeah, culture. Yeah, if you're going to be, yeah. If you're going to be like that, then sure. But That's the real the reason they should cite for, for firing her is the same reason that they should cancel the view and fire all of them because their ratings are garbage. Yes. They should cite rating reasons and the fact that it isn't worth the production costs to even have that show because it's five women with four IQ points. (laughs) Well, if you're going to cancel people for misinformation, then the whole view just goes away. But you're right about about Whoopi. Yeah, I'm just saying ratings wise, get rid of them. They're useless. I mean, we want to, we want free speech. If we're going to have free speech, then yes, Whoopi should not be canceled. But if we're going to follow the 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 basis, the criteria that they have set, your then, own rules. Then yeah. she's, you made the rules. Then yeah, you're you're out. You're done. You're canceled. And we have to all play by the same set of rules. So which is it going to be? It's either free speech or it's cancel culture. Same for both sides. It can't be one set for of rules for one and different for the other. Yes, there can. There, the, the today's world is filled with double standards. Well, we know standards. it. We know it and is. So, but if we're if we're going to build anything full, positive moving forward, it can't be. Yeah, you're right. If you or I were in charge, then it's equal application. But that's not how that that doesn't exist. Massive double standards. But I still would like to see her get fired, just because that's funny. Well, here's what I would like to see. Well, she was mad. It says she was she was mad and thinking about resigning after the two week suspension came. Oh no! Please don't. Here's what I would like to see. Since you brought up what I'd like to see, I would like to see because I'm not a journalist, I'm not a lawyer, but I'd like to see somebody in the journalism or legal world do their work and start compiling for us as we head into November. Start compiling actual laws on the book, constitutional, uh, as well as laws that have been implemented by Congress on things like um, um, immigration. You know, there are all kinds of laws on the books, um, handling of our budget, budgetary items and things like that, how we operate in different bureaucracies within the you know agencies in the government. You could go through and you could cite all these different and do it in a very um, hopefully clear and concise way so the so the typical public you know person can read it and understand it all the places that this current administration and for that matter agencies in the past are in violation of the law to where if you had somebody who was willing to prosecute you could take these and you could say here you're being charged with this and it would absolutely move forward because we have laws on the books and we can demonstrate that you're violating those laws because so you're talking is, about this is you're talking about this is something to do 
like um like after the midterms. No, leading into the we've midterms. We've taken a lot of huh? Leading, oh, into, leading the into the midterms. So that it can be put out to the American public and we can show all these different areas where our current government current you know government administration on both sides of the aisle are in definite violation of the law because it is rampant. It is it's it is legion the number of laws that are being violated every day by our elected officials. Just compile a list and put it out there. I would I would hope that that would make a make an impact, but you know how little people pay attention. You'd see it, I'd see it. People that are, you know, people that are active in this kind of thinking, someone who likes to listen right. to a show like we have, those people, but I mean they all kind of know already. I mean, you got to think about the people that are literally removed from reality. They live in an alternate dimension. That doesn't mean you don't do it. That's why you. No, I, that's why you. No, I like, think it's a perfectly fine thing to do, and and I think that it, even if it, even if all, all it does is reinforce somebody or flip the middle one percent, even if there's people who are, you know, on the fence and they are paying attention, you could flip just a small number of people, and and that could be and that could be enough. So yeah, it's it's and, definitely something. And that's why I say it needs doing. to be clear and concise. It doesn't need to be long-winded legalese. It just needs to be a clear, concise list. Because when you get that, then I mean, what I do, I post that article on Facebook. I post it on Twitter. I post it on um, Connecting. I post it on Parlor. I post it. I mean, everywhere that maybe a few yeah, extra just eyes can just see. Get just as far as the Hunter Biden did. story did on Twitter. Here's what they did. Here's the law they violated. And in the far left or the far right column, not prosecuted. Here's what they did. Here's the law, not prosecuted. Well, I would and say you, you're right. You could just make a, a in, huge right, list like in that. Current, in current violation. Currently in violation. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because there are things that are just actively going on. Yes. Nonstop that are in violation of the law. Right. So you're, yeah, it could be it could be actively in violation. You know what I did want to talk about? I wanted to talk about how Whoopi Goldberg, you said she got so angry that she wanted to resign. And I think that she should resign to cushion the blow, you know, of all this. It's a it's a commonly known strategic tactic called the Whoopi cushion. Do you know that's actually why she named herself? That was her original stage name. Nuh-uh. And her mom said, you can't be, but you need like a different last name, a better last name. So she picked Goldberg thinking it's, it's funny because she's black to have an obviously a Jewish. To have an obviously Jewish name. Yeah. Like you wouldn't expect that. Because it's a different race. Yeah. Her name's like, Something that starts with a C, Johnson. And then Johnson is like her real name. Uh, did you guys see where Tesla was hacked? No. By no, some 19-year-old. Some 19 what? Some 19-year-old. Oh, no, 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 no. So Tesla's information got hacked and he could track Elon Musk's flights, right? No. And like, yeah, that's, that's no. what it was. No. What was it? He could... Uh, access different features on the vehicles, like blow the horn, lock the doors, turn it on the turning signals, all these kinds of things. But this is the same kid who also was tracking, who created a Twitter bot 
that tracked Elon Musk's location and his flight and all that stuff. And then he blackmailed Tesla to tell him he would stop if they gave him a car. I did not read that. If, if that was a part of the story, I didn't read it. Because he said, Elon Musk said, this is a, um, this is a uh, security risk for me. You're telling people where I'm at at all times. My, like, you know, my entire um, itinerary is being leaked and tracked on Twitter. And the kid said he would stop if they gave him a car. Okay, 19, this is on. Um, I think that's different. This is on Business Insider. 19-year-old security researcher describes how he remotely hacked into over 25 Teslas. It was a, through a third-party app. That's right. bad. Is what I'm reading. Yeah, so it's, it says the story really, it says how it's something it called Tesla Mate. how vulnerable third-party apps can make these vehicles. Yeah, it's something called Tesla, but he was able to do these things like, um, says he was vulnerably remote access, multiple Tesla features, including unlocking doors, windows, starting keyless driving, you know, adjust the stereo, honk the horn, all these different things. Now, what this makes me think of is like, I don't want to be in any, what do you, what do you call it when they drive themselves? Autonomous. Autonomous. I don't want to be in any autonomously driven vehicle when somebody can hack into it and tell it to drive me over a cliff. Well, that's not autonomous anymore. (laughs) It is if you hack into it and program it and tell it what to do. No, that's not that's not autonomous then, because autonomous would be it react actually reacting to the physical environment around it. So like taking input and then calculating and making the you know the change the decision itself. But a hack is just a hack. Right. At that point, you're just but what I'm saying is that autonomous then it's programmed. What I'm saying is that autonomously driven vehicles are hackable. Oh yeah, right. It's terrifying. Right. No, thank you. I'm going to turn off I'm going to turn off the brake pedal cuz hypothetically like cutting brake in, a, lines. in an yeah. electric vehicle like that if your brake pedal is just I don't know how it works if your brake pedal is just a switch you could turn it off you wouldn't even need to cut anything right. if it's you know right. if it's in right, there I'm saying. It's, it's, in the it's the equivalent of cutting brake lines except remotely yeah. yeah yeah it doesn't have to be physical it doesn't physically have to be Altered, you just have to send the information or turn off a certain electrical impulse or signal, and you've you've altered what's going to happen in the vehicle. Yeah, there's a there's a show called Seal Team, and in um, where it's it's about like Navy SEALs and stuff, and they actually um, in the show they kill an uh, a Venezuelan nuclear physicist or some somebody like that. Um, by remotely accessing their car and driving them off a bridge. There you go. That's so, a, well, I said cliff, but yeah, I don't. So now it's possible. So I now don't it's real. Be in that. That's so that's um, not a TV show thing now. No, that's why. Like, um, I'm never getting in my father-in-law's Tesla again. Auto uh, autopilots on airplanes have a disconnect button in case it runs away does starts doing something you know that it's not supposed to be doing you can just hit the disconnect but ultimately um i know where the circuit i want to know where the circuit breaker is so if, if the disconnect doesn't work i can just reach over and pull the circuit breaker to the autopilot in case it run well there would be a few you, you can get airplanes have had situations where they've gotten runaway nose up trim 
and the airplane just starts climbing and you can't stop it. And what happens is that you bleed off all your airspeed in the climb and you stall. And then you're in a stall and then you're in a spin and then you're dead. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, pilot. Is your autopilot running? <laughs> then you better go catch it.